Hey there, welcome to our podcast. Pastors Todd and Mary have a message for you this week that they believe will inspire hope, unleash potential, and change your life. Make sure to subscribe to get a new one every week. Enjoy. I traveled to get here, obviously. Linda and I travel a lot, flying to different places to speak, and luggage is something that we all deal with. How many of you know that it's always a headache when you've got to travel because you're worried about what to pack? Anybody else? You're always thinking, what do I need to take? Am I taking the right thing? What if I forget something? So I wanted to just kind of go through some things that I always take with me when I'm traveling to a place. So let's see if we can get this open. And I'm gonna show you some of the things that I believe are important to take with you when you travel. Here we go, okay. The first thing that I take when I travel, come on, Steeler fans, you gotta take the terrible towel. Listen, if you're a Jet fan, I'm praying for y'all. I don't know what else to say. God bless you. Terrible towel, you gotta take that. Another thing that I take now, just because This place is awesome. I take that. Everyone watching online, you got to get one of these shirts. It's an incredible shirt. I don't go anywhere, Sebastian, without my Hope shirt. I also, don't judge me. It's a back scratcher. You got to take it. If Pastor Linda's not there, what do I do? I mean, I've got to have it. It's a back scratcher. I don't know. Maybe it's weird. That, that's something, I br- something else that you've got to take. Man, you've got to bring the phone when you travel, don't you? The phone does everything anymore. I mean, it's not just a, a phone. It, it's a camera. It's the way that we connect with the world. It's, it's what keeps our life moving, essentially. You've got gotta to have your phone. But as I thought about it, I thought there is one thing as important as the iPhone that I have to bring for the iPhone to work. You've got to have the charger. Because if you don't have the charger, the phone gets no power, the phone will not work. In other words, it's useless without this. This gives this the power to do what this was designed to do. The phone is the most important thing, but without the power, the phone can't do what the phone was designed to do. I want to tell you today that Jesus is the most important thing. But if you are not plugged in and charged up with the power of the Spirit of God, you will never do what God has called you to do. You'll never be who God has called you to be. You'll never be able to live the life God's called you to live. You'll never be able to forgive the people that God's called you to forgive if you are not plugged in and charged up with his power. So today, I want to talk on the subject of power. So let's open up to the book of Ephesians. We're going to be at chapter 3, verses 14 through 19. This is what the Apostle Paul had to say. He said, when I think of all of this, I fall to my knees and I pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. And here's what he prays. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Power comes from where? Through his spirit. Then, after you've got the power, watch, Christ will make his home in your heart as you trust in him. 
your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong so you'll be able to live the life that God's called you to. Watch. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Then it goes into Ephesians 3.20, a very popular verse in the Bible. Now it will make more sense because it says, Now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. So here's my hope today, that God sent me here to help you get the power that you need to live the life he's called you to live. Okay? So, this phone. If you're like me, I charge this phone at least once a day. It needs charged every single day because it runs out of power. And I have to actually plug it in. In other words, I take the charger, I plug it in, and I plug it into the power source. I cannot simply set my phone near the power in order to get the phone charged up. It's got to be plugged into the power. I cannot put my phone in proximity to the power. I have to plug it into the power. What I'm saying is, you can be in proximity to Jesus, but not have his power. You can know Jesus, but not receive his power. You can be in church, but not have Jesus in you. There is something about being plugged into the power so you can be empowered to live the life he's called you to live. I'm talking about being plugged in to the source, being plugged into the power. Jesus, listen, listen, listen. He not only wants to give you power, more importantly, he wants to empower you. Philippians 4.13, I love this version from the Recovery Bible. It says this, I am able to do all things in him who empowers me. What a great translation. Now watch, the definition of empower is for someone who is in authority to give you permission to do something that you could not do without them. Oh, Lord, help me right now. For someone who is in authority, someone that is above you, to give you the ability, the power to do something you could not do without them. In this life, there are things that you don't need Jesus for, but there are things that you need Jesus for that you cannot do without him. In other words, I have a lid in my life on what I can do in my own strength. But if I want to live an empowered life, I've got to receive the power that I don't already have to do the things I'm not already doing. I need that power that only comes from God. I need to be filled up with that power. Jesus said this in John 10.10. He said that he came that we may have life and have it to the full. Are you with me? Jesus wants you and me to have life to the full. He wants us to be filled up. Would you agree with that? The question is, what does he want us to be filled up with? Ephesians 5.18 says, be filled with his spirit. Jesus wants you to have life to the full, and the fullness comes from being filled with his spirit. Are you with me? All right. Now, 
when some people travel, I know this is a stretch for Church Unleashed, when some people travel, now you all know I am from West Virginia. <laughs> some people travel with this. Now this just happens to be Jack Daniels. I'm simply saying that, <laughs> I'm just laughing that I actually even brought this. Anyhow, uh, yeah, that is Jack Daniels. The, the interesting thing about this is I'm gonna pr propose a question to you that I want you to consider. There are many people that would argue that there are seasons when you are being filled and seasons when you are dry. I would say to every single person in this place, you are being filled with something. Every one of you is being filled with something. I don't care who you are. I don't care how dry it may seem in your world. You are currently, right now, being filled with something. The question that I'd like to pose to you is simply this. What are you being filled with? This, I find it interesting, maybe it's a coincidence, this Jack Daniels you buy at a store that says wine and spirits. If you were to take in this spirit, I don't care how strong you think you are, if you were to drink in this spirit, there is no way you would talk the same, there is no way you would walk the same, there is no way you would think the same, there is no way that you would act the same. Now watch, it says this. Look at, back up, Ephesians 5.18. Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Let me pause and say this is not an anti-alcohol message. This is a pro-Holy Ghost message. There is a difference. I'm not preaching against something. I'm preaching for something in this moment. If you would take in this spirit, just to make sure we're clear, there is no way you would walk the same, talk the same, think the same, act the same. I would like to add to that thought process. What if I told you if you took in that spirit, there is no way you would walk the same, there is no way you would talk the same, there is no way you would think the same, Come on, there is no way that you could act the same if you are filled with this spirit because the Bible says, Acts 1-8, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will be filled with power. What are you being filled with today? Because Jesus said, I've come that you may have life to the full, be filled with the spirit so we can live an empowered life. So in the time that we have remaining, here's what I want to do. I want to give you four quick things for you to stay plugged into so that you can receive the power you need to live an empowered life. Amen? Amen. So if you're taking notes, write this down. Here's the first thing. Number one, you need to stay plugged into his voice. And the enemy, listen, the enemy will try to confuse you on what voice to listen to. And why it's difficult is the enemy will yell at you. What are you thinking? I know what you did. I know that thing that no one else knows about. 
Look at you in church acting like you're all holy, and I know that thing you did. He'll continue to yell at you, try to convince you to stay in a place of shame and guilt. And that voice is loud. But then there's a small, still voice, the voice of God. And I thought to myself, I thought, why does the enemy yell and God whisper? It's because God's close. It's because he's close. And his is the voice that says, I know you so well, but I still love you so much. It's the voice that says, you need to call them. They need to hear from you. It's not too late to put that relationship back together. It's the voice that said, text them, pray for them. No one else will. It's got to be you. That's the voice that you need to stay plugged into. And occasionally that voice will get a little louder, at least in my life, and it's going to be like, uh, 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 don't do that. Whoa, Tim, what are you thinking? Don't do that. Don't get off one degree because one degree here takes you here down the road. Don't do that. But man, I want to stay tuned into that voice. Here's what the Bible says about staying plugged into that voice. Jesus said this in John 10, 27. The sheep that are my own hear my voice and listen to me. I know them and they follow me. The sheep know the shepherd's voice. Do you know the voice of Jesus in your life. Man, you have to stay plugged into that voice. And it's one thing. How many of you know it's one thing to hear his voice? It's another thing to do what he tells you to do. That you can hear it and not do it. And in the book of James, it says, don't just be a hearer of the word, but be a doer of the word. This is so, so important. Listen, when you actually start doing what God says, you will be empowered to live a new life that you've not yet lived. There is power in obedience. Man, just do what he says, and he'll take you to another level in your life power in obedience. So the first thing is this. You want to stay plugged into his voice. All right? Number two. Pastor Mary, Pastor Todd, come up on stage with me real quick. Real quick. I know you didn't even expect this, did you? It's all good. So, so here's what I want you to do. The first thing, for you to be empowered, you're going to stay plugged into his voice. Number two, you're going to stay plugged into this voice. This is a voice that's been assigned to you from God. They are on assignment. Check this out. They are on assignment from God to speak into your life. This is so, so important that you stay plugged in to their voice. They are hearing from God. You know, the Bible says this. It says, draw near to God and God will draw near to you. Or come near to God and God will come near to you. And people have said, that's great, but how do I draw near to a God that I can't see? Let me tell you, you draw near to people that are filled with the Spirit of God. And these people are filled with the Spirit of God. Come on, this voice is a voice that you need to be able to hear. Two of the best on the planet right there. Give it up for your pastors. 
Hebrews 13, 7 says this, remember your leaders who have spoken God's word to you. Think about how their lives turned out and imitate their faith. I want to tell you, after spending time with your pastors, they are people worth imitating. They are the same behind the scenes as they are on the stage. And I'm telling you, that's rare air for so many people. They are the same behind the scenes. Listen, your pastor is as crazy when he's with me in the car as he is on the stage. He's the same guy. So it's just how, how it all worked out, Pastor Todd. You're awesome. We love you. So now listen, stay with me. Hebrews 13, 17. Obey your leaders and accept their authority. See, the problem is we live in a time right now where people say, you can't tell me what to do. You can't tell me how to live. You can't tell me what to think. You can't, I'm my own person. Don't you tell me what to say. Well, listen, you can think that, and like, we'll watch you as you just take your life over that cliff one step at a time, because it says, obey your leaders and accept their authority. They take care of you because they are responsible for you. What a giant weight your pastors carry. They are responsible to God for you. I want you to think about that for a moment. The weight that they carry. Obey them so they may do this work joyfully and not complain about you. <laughs> That's what it says. I didn't make it up, Elton. That's what the word says. It says causing them to complain would not be to your advantage. <laughs> causing them to complain <laughs> would not be to your advantage. Listen, there are two types of people in churches that pastors recognize. Every church, two types of people. You ready? There are question marks and exclamation points. Every church. After church, pastors talk about one of those two types of people. And let me tell you what they ask about. Question marks. Have you seen Bob lately? What's going on with Bob? Man, is Bob okay? What's, I've not seen their family. What's going on with Bob? How's Mary doing? I'm, I'm worried about Mary. Is she upset? What's going on? Where's Mary? All of our energy go into question marks. You know who we don't talk about? Exclamation points. Why? They're solid. They're there. You don't have to worry about them. Man, they, they are plugged in, and they are growing, and they are moving in the direction that God wants them to go. Here's what I want to tell you, Church Unleashed. Don't be a question mark. Come on, be an exclamation point. Decide today. Man, I, I'm somebody that I'm here, I'm growing, I'm planted. God's got me where he wants. Help me now. God's got me where he wants me. I don't want the pastor having to talk about me after church because causing them to complain would not be to your advantage. Take it up with God, y'all. I'm just reading the text. <laughs> Stay, listen, plugged into his voice. Stay plugged into their voice. Number three, you want to stay empowered? Stay plugged in to your purpose. Stay plugged into your purpose. Many of us have asked this question, and maybe this is you. Like, what's my purpose? Anybody? You're like, what am I? Like, what's my bigger purpose? Like, why am I here? Am I just on this rock that's spinning throughout the universe and the galaxy? And if I get like 80 good years, I feel like, man, that's that's a win. Or, or you're trying to really figure out what's my purpose? Because if you never figure out figure out your purpose, you will feel powerless. 
You will always feel powerless. What I'm suggesting, listen, you'll never experience a greater sense of power than when you're operating with a greater sense of purpose. That, that's when you're going to be in your rhythm. That's when you're going to be in your lane, when you begin to understand your purpose. And listen, if you don't figure this out, you will always be searching for something that will never be there. It will never be enough. There are people in this room, and you think, man, if I could just get the bigger house, if I could just get the nicer car, if I could just have her, if I could just have him, if I had this much money in the bank, if I could just get this many weeks off, if my kids would just do this, if I could just get that degree, if I only had that drug, if I only had that drink, then my life would be fulfilled. And what I'm telling you is you are chasing something that would never fulfill you. There is only one thing that will fill the gap in your spot, and that thing is not a thing. Come on, it's a person, and his name is Jesus. He is the first. He is the last. He is the alpha. He is the omega. He is the beginning. He is the end. Come on, that's the only thing. Trust me, man, I've been there, done it. Ask yourself this. If you keep chasing that thing you're chasing right now, in five years, what will your life look like? That's good. That's good. I want you to just fast forward in your mind. That's good. Is it going to be enough? You need to discover your purpose. And your purpose begins to get unpacked in the very first book of the Bible. Interesting that God would put it first. That's how important your purpose is in the book of Genesis. Look at Genesis 1, verse 27. This is where it begins to unfold, and it talks about us being created in God's image. It says this, God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. The implications of this statement that you and I are made in the image of God is enormous. This is so important. For one thing, it means this, that every human being, from the tiny baby that's still in the mother's womb to the person that is confined to a wheelchair, to the person that's in hospice, to the person that has white skin to the person that has black skin that every single one of us are made in the image of God and our purpose is to love God and love people and treat them as such part of your purpose is loving people not not people listen now can I say this not people that just think this way or people that think this way. It's not just people that wear masks or don't wear masks. It's not just people that vote for the right or vote for the left. I'm talking about all people, all shapes, all colors are made in the image of God and we must treat them as such. That's the first thing. We are made in God's image, but more importantly, here we go, watch. We were made to image God. You and I, we're made to mirror or reflect Jesus Christ to the world. Here's what it says in 2 Corinthians 5.20. We are Christ's representatives, and through us, point to yourself, me, me, me through me, God is calling you. Let's, let's go bigger. Through me, through us, through Church Unleashed, God is calling them. Let me ask you a question. 
when people see you, do they see Jesus? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe not. What does your life look like? Are you mirroring? Are you imaging Jesus to a hurting, broken, desperate world? Because when they see you, they see something. We are all filled with something. What are people seeing? Because listen, the way you live your life out there, check it out, it's either moving people closer to the cross or moving people further away from the cross. I'm simply suggesting this. If you are saying publicly that you are following Christ, at some point you've got to pick up your cross, die to self, and start living your life for the sake of the gospel. That's why it's a narrow road, man. That's why it's a narrow road, because not everyone can do it. It sounds great at first, doesn't it? Sign me up. Man, I want a new life. I want a better life, until the road gets narrow. How are you mim imaging, mimicking, if you will, Jesus to the world? Because we are Christ's representatives. But I'm telling you, when you begin to do this, your purpose will come alive. Because there is a world that needs Jesus. And, and what I hope, I hope this burns in your heart. There is an empty seat beside some of you today. If you really want to begin to understand your purpose, when you begin to love people enough to do whatever you have to do to put people in that seat so that they can come into this house and hear that word that can change your, their life the way it changed your life, Man, that's it. There is nothing that will be more fulfilling than when you help someone cross the line of faith. Trust me, that will be the thing. So, number one, we stay plugged into his voice. We stay plugged into this voice. We stay plugged into your purpose. And here's the fourth thing. You want to stay empowered? You stay plugged into his church. Stay plugged in to the church. There's a town in Mississippi called Rodney, Mississippi. And in the late 1700s, a turn of the century, close to 1800, Rodney, Mississippi was one of the fastest growing towns in the country. It was adjacent to the Mississippi River as it flowed into the Gulf of Mexico and everyone wanted to be near Rodney, Mississippi. Men, Businesses were booming, families were growing, it was an exciting place, there was life there, everyone was moving to Rodney. And the reason that Rodney was growing and life-giving is it was because it was connected to the river. It was connected to the Mississippi River. But something interesting happened after the turn of the century, and you can Google this, you can check this out. The river, for whatever reason, changed course slightly and began to move away from the town of Rodney. And in three years, the river actually moved three miles away. And because the town was no longer connected to the river, that town today, if you go to Rodney, Mississippi, there's one road in and one road out. There's not one business. There's not one family living there. Something that was once thriving is now essentially dead. And what I'm telling you is the church is God's river. And if you get disconnected from the church, you will never be who you once were. 
You've got to stay connected to the living water. You've got to stay connected to God's church. I am not suggesting that the church is Jesus. I am saying that the church is the body of Christ. And if you get disconnected from the body, things will die. You've got to stay connected to the church. And over the last year, man, it's been heartbreaking for pastors, people that were once thriving and growing. Man, they were moving forward. For whatever reason, they've been disconnected from the church. And now you can see their life. Man, it doesn't take a lot. You look on social media and you see them going in a completely different direction as a result of a disconnection from God's house. Being disconnected from the church. You know, I was thinking about this. We live in a time of convenience, don't we? We are all about convenience. Come on, it's all about Amazon Prime. Like, if I can't get it in a day, I don't even want it. I cancel the order. If I can't get it in a day, DoorDash, bring it to me. I'm not going for it. Ben, let me just pause because the Holy Ghost is telling me to tell you, when it comes to a girl, you don't make her come to you. You go to her. I don't know who that's for. You go to her. Don't make her come to you. Single men, somebody shout right now. You go to her. Anyhow, I'm talking about convenience. Obviously, there's no single men in the church today. Y'all married. Good. That's awesome. Anyhow, DoorDash, Amazon Prime, drive through Convenience. This is where it gets tricky. The church was never meant to be a place of convenience. The church is a place of commitment. God's house is a place of commitment. It's about commitment. Jesus, watch. Jesus fulfilled his commitment to us through the cross, and we fulfill our commitment to the world through his church. That's the purpose of the church. The church does not exist for us. We are the church, and we exist for the world. That's our purpose. So, as we wrap this up today, I want you to think about a couple things. About staying plugged in. About being empowered to live the life God's called you to live. And I was thinking about this and I thought, we could go one of two ways right now. I could give you part of a message, get you fired up and standing up and cheering, and man, that would be awesome, and you would probably go home, and by dinner time, you would forget what I said. And that's just the reality of it. But listen, I'm not here to just give you hype. I'm really here to give you hope, and I want to challenge you to take a next step. I would rather that you leave here going, man, God spoke to me today, and I actually did something that made me more like Jesus. That's my hope today. So let's end with this. I was thinking about the life of Jesus. And when Jesus was at the peak of his popularity, it was because he was doing miracles. Thousands of people, think about this. Every, he was a rock star. Everywhere he went, thousands of people, when he was doing the miracles, he was healing people. Things were happening. Everyone wanted to be near Jesus because of the miracles. But when he was on the cross, there were only a few people there. The moment of his greatest purpose was also the moment of his smallest popularity. When he was fulfilling his purpose on the cross, only a few people there. Why? 
because he was serving and giving. He said, I've not come to be served, but to serve others and give my life as a ransom for many. What am I trying to say? Serving and giving is not that popular, is it? We all love the miracles. We all love to be part of the party. Man, it's awesome to come to church. Wow, that's great music. That's great preaching. But my question, are you serving? Are you giving? Because what I'm learning is sometimes in order to build God's kingdom up, you've got to tear your kingdom down. You've got to become smaller. He, he must increase, therefore I must decrease. And the way that we do that is serving and giving. So can I challenge you today, Church Unleashed? If you're not yet serving, today's your day. Let me, let me put it this way. If Jesus was willing to give his life for you, are you willing to give a couple hours of your month to him? couple hours. That's all I'm talking about today. Are you willing to give to see the mission of this church move forward?